Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, good. Just, you know, living the dream. All that stuff. You uh, doing anything exciting or anything cool happen this week for you? Uh, no, it was going to, but uh, my tummy hurt. Uh-oh. What, what was going to happen? Or you, you want to not say right, right yet? Oh, no, I was going to um, travel... Uh, visit a lodge on Monday for a ceremony, and about three o'clock in the afternoon, my stomach said, "You're not going anywhere, mm, but no. the bathroom." Oh dear! And you're going to stay there <laughs> till I tell you to get out. <laughs> That's the best best first conversation we've had on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, you know, and then it. It seemed to be getting better, and then uh, Tuesday, I was just blah. I mean, just blah. Hmm. And it reminded me of years gone by, um, not just having a head hangover, but your whole body hangover. Hmm. Um, but it wasn't, obviously, and... I was just like, oh, my God. Hmm, that sucks. And then Wednesday was a little bit better, but my back started hurting. Hmm. Uh, I mean, considerable pain. Oh and then yesterday, I was just trying to get back to normal. Hmm. And then today, we got podcast, and tonight, i visiting another lodge. Oh, right on. Right on. Yeah, we've got our our lodge meeting on Monday, and oh, I think I'm ready. I've I've got a lot of work in this one, and it's the first time I've like I've been the inner garden that does you know on a regular meeting where there's nothing happening. But we have three candidates on Monday, and so I'm doing the secrets lecture, and uh, I've I've got it down pat, but I'm just worried that. Like it's a, it's like, but yeah, that's the kind of the fun part about Freemasonry is that um, I think it keeps your mind sharp. You know what I mean? Having to do memory work and and stuff, and then give lectures, it's good for you. You know, like to be in front of people and talking and stuff like that. And it's all yes. like good lessons on morality and stuff like that. So I think it's good, good for the mind. Yeah, you know, uh, um, yes. The, I And I actually sat there when I was um, coming up and I was just watching uh, a first-degree ceremony. And it hit me just that, you know, that, yeah, I wonder way back in the day, they really, if they recognized, you know, not maybe not dementia or Alzheimer's for what they were, but that it was affecting the memory mm-hmm. and the brain. You're like, you know, we need to exercise that muscle mm-hmm. more. Yeah. yeah. They say one of the best things to prevent those diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's is this correlation between how many languages you know and your likelihood of not developing it. Because apparently, I mean, this is just stuff I've heard, but when you when you learn a new language, it actually develops new neural pathways in your brain. And so as basically the more languages, you know, the more pathways you have in your head and specific to language, um, it like, like you can just memorize facts and stuff like that, but there's something about different languages they say. And then as, if you have a disease of Alzheimer's, they say people that get diagnosed with it, that have, you know, can speak several languages, they do a lot better for a lot longer, apparently. 
Well, I tell you what, then Joe Biden needs to learn about seven languages by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he's making his own up right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, gibberish has been around a while. No, man, I don't did, like. You know, even if you're not like like not making it political in any way, shape, or form, when I see that guy and I see stuff, I'm like, how on earth did a society of intelligent people? Say, we want you to lead us. <laughs> we want you to be in charge, and you're going to make this in. Like, what? And then again, you've got the opposite side. You've got <laughs> Trump. Like, it's so funny because, I mean, obviously I have political ideologies and stuff like that, but I look at the choices, and I'm like, nothing's good here. Like, apparently. Well, as a, I can a, explain it. Yeah, go ahead. It's really easy. Yeah. We look to our um, brothers and sisters to the north. When uh, <laughs> Justine Trudeau keeps getting remaining in office, and the world said, "Oh my God, could it get any worse?" And America said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just wow. You know, like I always say, I'm I'm convinced there's no such thing as a good politician. And either you started down that road with good intentions, and then the process just destroyed you. You know what I mean? Because I, I think it's vicious. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I don't know. I, I guess it's like, uh, I'm, I used to know a guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, really good, by all accounts, good guy. Uh, moral, Christian, good family man. He retired from the military, settled down back in his hometown. Uh, and I saw him about 12 years later after that, mm -hmm. in passing kind of thing. Divorced, doesn't see his kids anymore. Alcoholic, womanizer. Because about six months after he retired from the military, he ran for office, mm -hmm. <laughs> local. Wow. And he's been in <clears throat> his state politics ever since. Hmm. And I, I knew him for a good many years, and we were good friends back then. So I felt very comfortable in asking him, dude, <laughs> um, what, what happened? WTF, yeah. you know, what is going on with you? And he and he was smart enough to at least know that it had happened, yeah. but not smart enough to know how to correct it. Hmm. And I said, well, you know, there's a church on every street corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. So um, we've got, like right now, it's like minus eight degrees celsius spring is dragging its heels to get here it is it's getting like annoying and obnoxious like ugh. still i'm still wearing like winter hat and gloves and stuff and it's like well tomorrow's april 1st you know the, the worst is seeing people on instagram and stuff and like you know people i follow and it's like they're like out in their forge they got their doors open and you can it's like green and stuff i'm like oh man I'm, I'm ready for summer, man. Like, I, I want summer to be here now. I'm getting sick and tired I'll of... I'll stay on the other side. Of what? I'm not looking forward to summer. Don't it, want it. Stay away. Yeah, your summer's different and your winter's different. Yeah. I mean, this... this um, We had uh, almost 80 degree temperatures. And then it got down into about 20 degrees Fahrenheit. At night, high 40s during the day, and then yesterday it was 80 degrees again. I'm like, really? Wow. And now today, it's cold and raining. <clears throat> hmm. That's crazy. No wonder my joints are killing me. Yeah. Bipolar weather. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. The... How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, looking like all my bicycles and I'm like, oh man, I'm itching to get some, uh, you know, this is probably this winter. I probably done less riding than 
I don't know, the last five winters. And I think it's because I don't live on gravel anymore. Because, I mean, I mean, we got like the, the highway that we're on. It, it has big shoulders. But when the roads are a little slippery, I'm just like, eh, I, I don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, it takes one car to hit a little black ice and they can't necessarily... Not that it's likely, but I just, I don't know. And, and then when they pass you and it blows wind and it's like minus 20 out, I just don't, I don't, the idea of cycling on a highway when it's like winter riding doesn't appeal to me, but gravel's different because I like got our old place. I mean, it would be very rare, like maybe one in 20 times I went out on my bicycle, there would be another car on the road while I'm there. And so that was nice. You could ride in the middle of the gravel road. You can stop when you want. And it's obviously a lot quieter. But I was thinking about, I was looking at all my bikes. I'm like, man, I, I think I've, this whole winter, I've probably gone for five bicycle rides. And I'm like, let's get this summer here quick. I got to go again, get riding. <clears throat> Have you done anything in your shop lately? No. I saw you posted a picture of your knife there. Oh, yeah. On the, on the gram, yeah. That's a cool-looking blade. It's oh, kind yeah. of exciting. How many how many knife raffles have you won? Is that the first one? No. I had two, maybe three. Oh, wow. But this is the only, you know, I call it serious one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder how many participants were in there. Because it was a pretty pretty popular topic for a while. That that Maximus Knives raffle. Yeah. Um, hopefully there was a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. I think there was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was oh. kind of... Uh, you know, it took me a while to post anything about that knife. I'd just been... Uh, I'm not going to say busy, but... I had my mind focused in other directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't going anywhere. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's sitting right here. I keep it on my desk. Right on. And I, uh... Yeah, constant reminder that, uh... It's not a Jeremy Gertz knife. Yeah. Well, thanks for buying another one of mine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting on those other ones to hit because I don't think I own one of those at all. Oh, street scalpels? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever bought a street scalpel. Hmm. So I'm doing four of them, and I did the first one with a rock pattern. Yeah, and, that's the one I want. Okay. I could put that aside for you. Um, But I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of different ways to do... Like the same knife differently. Like one one technique I'm going to do is, uh, I tried it once before where you basically take the knife and you splatter nail polish on it, let that dry, and then you use the etching, the electro etcher. And it, it's, it takes a while, but basically you just chew away all the material that doesn't have nail polish on it, and then you wipe the thing down with whatever, lacquer thinner, acetone, and you have the relief in there. And so it's kind of like a random pattern it's kind of cool. Um, so I'm going to do that to one of them. Uh, there's another one <clears throat> that I basically scribe some lines, almost like uh, like the grind lines when I'm grinding that blade too, but not nearly as fine. Probably, I don't know. Basically, I just I chamfered the whole handle at 45 degrees, like very, very precisely. So it's going to look like it's like almost like diamond cut. And I don't know, I'm, I'm trying that. And then I got to figure out what I want to do with the other one. But I, I don't want to do three, like I didn't want to do four rock pattern EDCs. Although the one nice thing with the rock pattern, um, like it's not my favorite look in the world. But for a knife like this, it, it adds something to it. But it is so functional. Like the grip, like when you hold it in your hand and then you got to really, I find when I'm grinding them, I've got to move them around in my hand. And I'll, I'll grab the blade and I'll try and pull it in and out just to see if there's any hot spots, right? Because you're creating all these little peaks and valleys. And if you get one in the wrong place, it's, it's going to hurt. And obviously, it's different for every person's hand. But <clears throat> when I'm all said and done, it's amazing how, how much grip you have. And it's like, th that's actually a very practical design. It looks cool. And it's kind of an interesting finish. And it takes time, but it doesn't take a massive amount of skill, right? It's not like you're hand sanding and... 
you know, got to get everything lined up persnickety. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure what to do with the other ones. I tried, uh, I took some 01 tool steel in my milling machine. I was going to maybe mill a pattern into it or like hollow out one of the handles, skeletonize it. But that uh, 01 tool steel on my little tiny milling machine <laughs> doesn't get along very well. <laughs> but I thought it would be kind of cool too is because it's quarter inch thick. <clears throat> if you took like um, an eighth of an inch end mill and you, instead of, you know, normally you skeletize it. If you're doing a skeleton handle, you'll do it on the side of the handle. You know, it's broadside, but I thought it'd be kind of cool if you just milled a slot, you know, from the top of the blade down through the bottom, like top of the handle through the bottom of it, the whole length of the knife or, or most of the length, you know, it'd be something different. But I don't know. Uh, I always like to try and not, not to get myself bored with knife making. It's like, okay, what's something I've never done? Like, what's a new thing, you know, a new finish, a new texture, something to experiment with and I don't know that's where I'm at with that last one I'm trying to think of something but I have uh I'm just looking at a tracking number here of uh, your knife I got them all shipped out yesterday <clears throat> so I'll, I'll I'll send that to you afterwards but yeah those sold uh so anybody listening I had 10 last ditch neckers and they all sold I don't know about six hours I think so that was kind of cool it's funny because I put them up. I'm like, oh, here goes. If these things don't sell. I guess I'll just wait till Christmas time and hopefully they'll sell around the holidays. But yeah, they sold pretty quick. And then I had people messaging me. They're gone. They're gone. I'm like, yeah, they're gone. Sorry. But. That that kills me. What's that? Oh, man. I went on the website and uh, I tried to put one in my cart. It says they're all gone. Are they all gone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope, 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 nope. That's it. It's an early April Fool's joke. <laughs> no, I foreshadowed that you would want one, and I put in the system. I coded a block just for you. Yeah, yeah. You no can't kidding. have one. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, man, that sucks. Really? Yeah. Those oh. are the people that cause <clears throat> such division in our country. Yeah. Our countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had this one person, I, I think they're from Canada, or, or Calgary, and I don't know why they follow me. It's, it's a, a female, and because um, uh, uh, she was messaging me on Instagram, and I'm like, and it's like, they follow you or whatever, I'm like, who's this? Anyway, she's she swings the wrong way, if you know what I'm saying, and I thought, that's weird. But anyway, she said, oh, I love this knife, I want to pick one up, and... And she's like, can you let me know when they drop? And I said, yeah. I said, if I forget, I said, you can subscribe to my newsletter on my website because um, I do that first. And then hopefully anybody that wants to know, I go back and let them know. But um, and then she messaged me. He's like, I'm trying to buy one. I keep putting my card. It says USD. And it's like something's wrong. And I'm like, she goes, since you're since you're from Calgary, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't sell anything with USD. And I'm like. So I responded, I said, well, 95% of my knives go to the U.S., so I, I just priced them in U.S. dollars. So she goes, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know. And then she goes, oh, I went back to buy it, and it was gone. I was like, sorry. She goes, are you doing more soon? I said, well, yeah, eventually, probably, yeah. But you know what's nice about having a room, Todd, is that, like, in this new shop, so before, if I did any batch of anything, even just the shipping can be a little bit, tricky right because i had <clears throat> 11 packages to ship out one was just a sanding block some people that bought knives bought knives and sanding blocks and then there were three knives with gray sheaths and seven knives with black sheaths and just in my my four by eight flat wooden bench that i built in kind of like my main area there it is so nice that I, I print the order off and i can set it down set it down then i get the envelopes and i set them on top and then I get the knife and I set it on top. And then I, every knife I do a handwritten note, I set it on top. And it's like a little production run of shipping. And I, th I was thinking about it because like that took up most of my four by eight table. But in my garage, I, I couldn't put a four by eight piece of wood in my little working area, right? I mean, I could have if I moved the van out and stuff like that. But I was doing that while I was getting stuff ready for some signs. And I'm like, this is so nice. Like... <laughs> 
to be able to spread things out and okay, that's this project. That's the shipping thing going on. I've also got, I did some frame signs yesterday and I can do those in a different part. And in this part, I'm spray painting some more parts for different signs. And I'm like, this is just such a dream. I can't believe how nice it is to actually have a shop. Oh, every day more, it's hitting me more and more. I'm like, I just want to stay out here. <laughs> like, I, I could live in, I don't, <laughs> I could live in this building, you know? Oh, it's just crazy. I love, I love having a shop. It's just so good. Yeah, rubbing in. You have a shop, Todd. Come on. Come oh, on. Yeah, I have one. I might as well not, but I have one. <laughs> why, why, why might as well not? I mean, well, I can't really use it. Mm, yeah. I know. I can look at it. I can go in there and sweep up the dead mice about four times a day. No, really? You got a lot of I mice. I don't know what's killing them. And I don't think I want to know. Yeah. Huh. There's a little weird refugee living in your barn or something like that. Well, I don't, it can't get in and out. So hmm. I don't, I don't know. Weird. Luckily, last, last time I went in, there wasn't anything new. So hmm. you know, knock on wood. But I'm right still on. looking for the one guy I, I was going to give the contract to for insulating the shop. Mm-hmm. He dropped off the face of the earth. Oh no! And not just you know, like not like ghosting me. No, he, his website's down. His Facebook's gone. Oh wow! Hmm, that's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, he was part of one of those. You know, you buy a uh. Like a franchise? Uh, yes, thank you. You buy a franchise from like yeah. a national chain mm. of insulating people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I want—I didn't want to go that route, but yeah, you know, I don't want to get you know bent over either. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know that the cost of everything has gone up allegedly uh, because of world events, and I know that. Uh, uh, it seems like everyone in my area since I've been here wants to make all of their profit off of you. Mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't want to spread it out over every customer. They want to make it on every customer. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels God. Like. Oh, I know. <sighs> you know, it's funny. So when we're getting out of the heat going in the shop, I don't know when I got those guys in probably October, I would say. And I'm like, you know, it's getting starting to get cold. We're starting to dip down into the freezing at night. I need to think about getting some heat put on. So <clears throat> they came out and they worked out here, I want to say six hours. And, and they did some good stuff. Like they took all the, the little burners out of the the, fur, or the boiler, cleaned it all out. They found like there was a nest in the exhaust flue of the boiler Got that all out, and they did a good job. You know, wire brushed all the rush, rust off the inside and stuff. And um, got it working, but they didn't get the zones working, like the different heating zones, and <clears throat> they just left one fan blower on. And then there's also a radiant heater up top, and they uh, the fan motor was gone on it, didn't work. So they took that. And then... Okay, fine. I messed around with it. I got all the heat kind of working. <clears throat> and then, I want to say like uh, two months later, they sent me a bill for 3800 bucks, And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, there was that one time, like one of their other apprentices came here, picked up some parts from one of their trucks because they all have their big work trucks. And then, so they were all looking at the boiler. And so at one time I had three guys here, but they nobody was here for a full day. <clears throat> And he charges me $3,800 and I about choked. I thought, well, you know what? I'll pay you once, but I won't pay you ever again. And anyways, the, the boiler in the house started going or something. And I don't know. I also I had a check for him and then he came and picked it up, took a look at it. And he goes, oh yeah, I got that, that, cause he was going to get that fan fixed for the blower up top. And, um, and I was so, I was so pissed off at this guy. And uh, so that was October he took it. And then when he came with the check, it was like the, sometime in December. I think his, the last text was December 6th. Gave him the check. And then he's like, oh, yeah, next week I'll have that fan here. I'll come, I'll come install it. And I thought, okay, whatever. That was kind of part of the original work he was doing. 
and uh, hadn't heard from him since. And then Wednesday, or no, Tuesday, I got a text message. Hey, I've got that fan. No, he left me a voicemail. He goes, yeah, we picked up that fan. Me and the boys are going to come install. Uh, just let us know what time works for you. It should only take a couple of hours. And I'm like, screw you, asshole. I'm like, you, you told me in December you'd be here next week. And what I did in the interim was I went and took the fan from the back and put it on the front. Found out that I don't need it. Because I've got the in-floor heating and, and the shop, even when it's really cold, is like 60 degrees. Between 60 and 65. And then there's that fan and they kind of designed it. It faces the door and it has its own thermostat so that when you open the door, if you're bringing a truck in, you know, and all of a sudden that cold air comes in, this blows hot air to, you know, just recover the, the air temperature quickly. I don't need that. Like I, at the most, I would open that shop door once a week, maybe. And so, and then on top of that is that I don't want to be filming and all of a sudden have a fan turn on. And so I was like, you know what? Don't need it. So I moved that one back to the back of the shop. And then I was kind of like, man, this guy's, and, and the, the thing that's happened is that they're not busy anymore. He's like, he offered me a job when he was here in October when they were doing the work. Cause I was kind of going through some stuff and I was like, no, and he could tell, I kind of knew a bit about it. And then in December too, he's like, you sure you don't need a job because I'll hire you right on the spot. I'm like, no, no, I've got lots of work. Thank you. And, um, he ended up, he ended up hiring some more guys. But I think his problem is now is that, you know, things are warming up um, and he just needs the work because honestly, you couldn't get him here. I'd be like, hey, you know, when I was trying to get him in October, I probably had to call him four times and four times like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there on Tuesday. And then Tuesday night at seven o'clock goes, do you still want me to come? It's after hours. I mean, I'd have to charge you an all call rate, but if you want, if not, we can come tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I'd come tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not paying you double time because you didn't do what you said you would do. And uh, yeah, so anyways got back to me then on Tuesday and he's like, oh, we're, me and the boys will come install it. And so he's thinking multiple people and I'm like, okay, me doing this by myself, undoing it from the one, moving it to the other took about 15 minutes, just, just one person. So when right there, when you're like, yeah, me and the guys will come, I'm like, that this is not a multiple man job. This is a ladder and one dude with a uh, screwdriver. Like that's all this is. And, uh, yeah, it'll only take a couple hours. I'm like, screw you. So I just texted him. I said, um, I said, you told me you were going to be here December. I said, I gave it a month and a half and was done waiting. So I just dealt with it myself. And, uh, I said, but thanks for checking in. But I made it very clear that this is his problem. Cause if he would have come in December, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah. You know what? You said you would do that. This was part of it. I mean, it's a couple months since you had that fan to get it replaced, but so literally <clears throat> from when he took it down, I think we're almost like, like six months <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let me come put this in for you. I'm like, no, no, screw you. And I even, I even talked to my dad because my dad had recommended him. And the one thing is like, he lives about 10 minutes from here and I could call him in the middle of the night, any night and he'll come get the heat on. Right. So that there's that. But, uh, I told my dad, I said, this guy's outrageously expensive. Like literally I'm paying hundreds of dollars per hour for him to be here. And I said, you know what? I said, and for the amount he charged me for the amount of work he did, he just raked me over the coals. I said, that man will never set foot on this property ever again. So long as I can ever help it. And so when he's like, I got this family, like, no, no, dude, you're not. I, I will not employ you for any. I'll bring people out from the city before I hire you. Oh, can't believe it. Can you imagine like, like six hours of work and you paid like that much money? Oh, Makes me so mad. Yeah, it's about like it is here, and especially if you get the owner of the company to come, you know, like it's a small business, and the owner comes as part of the people that come to your house. Mm -hmm. That's Probably the exactly owner will come out and do is. the estimate, right? Yeah. But then you get the scrubs that come out and do the work, and that's what I've had. Anyway, say the owner comes out to help do the work. <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. If he sends the scrubs... You know, there's one or two guys. He comes out, there's him and two or three guys. Because he has to stand around and talk to you. Mm -hmm. While one guy does the work, and the third or fourth guy carries the crap back and forth to the guy doing the work. Did you have a security camera on when they were here? Because <laughs> that's <laughs> the exact situation. That's exactly it. He owns the company. He's got a bunch of guys. And the guys that work for him don't know much. Like one guy, he left here for about an hour. Well, he had to go get parts and then get coffee and an apprentice 
and he got to a point he's like i don't know what to do next and so i was like well what about this this should probably be cleaned out oh yeah i'll do that and i'm like seriously so i paid for him to be there doing like basically nothing and i'm like oh, it's not right you know and the thing is there's a certain time where he is so busy like that when he's here <clears throat> every 10 minutes his phone's ringing or every five minutes more likely and then half of the conversation's like Oh yeah, you know, I forgot all about that. I'm on another call right now, but uh, how does tomorrow morning work? And then the next phone calls. Oh yes, I my apologies, I totally forgot. You know, what? I'm actually just helping with another customer right now. How about tomorrow later in the morning? Does that work? And literally every conversation was like that because he doesn't know how to manage himself or his time or his business. And it's like, ugh. And then there's these Facebook groups that Steph's noticed. People are like, can anybody recommend a plumber or whatever? And because he's the only guy in this in this little small village or little town, he gets recommended all the time. And I'm like, mistake. <laughs> That's a mistake. Like, if you've got money just to throw at a problem, then by all means. But, man, he could have such a great little business. But if anybody asked me, can you recommend this guy? I'd be like, I recommend you do not employ him. Because he will charge you way too much money. And I understand the cost of running a business too. Like, like that's what I do for a living, right? Like, I know you've got to pay insurance. You've got to pay heat. You've got to, I don't have employees, but, um, I, you know, but it's like, man, it's not that much. Like, ugh. and then of course, nothing's itemized. Like I get a, an invoice two months later, which is annoying. You know, I kind of think if you do work, you should invoice within, within a week, two months later, nothing's, it's just like parts, labor. And it's two, I'm like, okay, how much labor? What's the hourly rate you're charging me? Because as a customer, I have a right to know that. But, ugh. Ugh. Anyways. Uh, my in-laws had some work done. They had an electrician there. And I know what they needed to have done. Because mm -hmm. they asked me, kind of without asking me. Mm-hmm. And I just can't work for them. Mm. I love them dearly. And I would do it for free. Just leave me alone. Tell me mm. what you want. And uh, come back when, you know, like, tell me what you want done. And I'll do it while you're on a cruise. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't work for them for money because I don't think it's right. Um, you know, you buy the stuff. But anyway, so they hired this electrician guy. And then we happened to be going over there that day and just, just morbidly obese, absolutely no <laughs> self-esteem kind of guy or self-respect. Yeah. And he's sitting on the ground with his feet, you know, at like spread out at 45 degree angles, toolbox in front of him. And I'm like, he, he's not moving. And I'm like, is he alive? <laughs> and I kind of, get an oblique angle behind him to go up to see what he's doing. He is on his phone oh, wow. watching <laughs> a YouTube video on how to do what he's fixing to do. Like this son of a gun doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You know, the funny so thing is I just I'm, come out there and I tap him cause he's got his earbuds in and he's like, ah, yeah. took like eight, 11 years off his life. And, uh, I'm like, hey, here's, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. And he's guys like, who are you? Don't worry about it. Yeah. And just, this is what you do. And uh, he's like, oh, thanks, man. That's funny. And uh, he got done with what I said. This is what you need. Then I go, okay, this is the next thing you do. Huh. And then we're fixing the leave. He's like, you're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call the guy who hired you and ask him every two minutes how to do something. No kidding. That's funny. And then he, his response, I'm joking. I'm being facetious. And his answer to that was, yeah, he didn't like it when I do that. You really? think? <laughs> Neither do your customers. Wow. I was wondering what, that How yesterday. are you in a licensed electrician? Because you're working alone. And yeah. you have to be. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be licensed if you're working with a license. But... You're alone. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Come to find out, that is the rule. Oh, we just, nobody checks. We don't follow that. That's crazy. And you charge how much? <clears throat> yeah. Now that I have you on camera, 
Because as far as you know, I have cameras because I just told you I have cameras. Mm-hmm. And you're charging, I don't know, $200 in la- an hour labor. How much are you going to charge me now mm-hmm. for your non-licensed electrician? Yeah. You're going to pay me $100 an hour, right? Yeah. A-hole. Yeah. I was wondering that yesterday. I was like, how, with, when I was thinking of, or this last week with these guys trying to say they're going to bring a couple out to put this fan in, I was like, when they were here, they, they didn't know what was going on. And I'd ask them, say, because this does this, right? And they're like, um, I think I think so. I think I think so. And then they come, go to their truck and come back and be like, yeah, yeah, that's what this does, this does. And I'm like, do they go and just Google things? Because, you know, when I'm working on the boiler in our house, there's things that I've never, ever seen before. I have no clue what that is. I'm like, don't know what this does. I look to try and find any identifiable part or a part number. Googleize it. Okay, look it up. And then I look on a YouTube video and it's like, oh. And within a matter of a couple, several hours from me first laying eyes on this, I know how the entire system works. And every component, I know what it does and symptoms of it failing. There's not a lot to it. And I'm, I wonder that. Like how many of these contractors, these tradespeople, really know it? Like they've gone to school. They've paid attention in school because there's two different things. <laughs> I mean, any, any daft idiot can go to a trade school. But to actually apply yourself, pay attention, I, I think it's a small, small percentage of people that actually do that. So that when you show up on a job site, it's like, oh, this is a problem. Okay, boom, just let me grab this. I'm going to have this taken care of. It'll take me about a half an hour. I got to clean this. We're going to test this valve, this valve, this valve. And I can tell this air bleeder is not working. So we're going to swap that out. Half an hour. Like, honestly, the work that they did uh, when I looked at it and, and, and saw what they did, if I had all the parts in the vehicle, which they did except for one, and if I just came in there and said, okay, boom, 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 I could have done that whole thing myself in four hours. It's just like that guy, you know what I mean? And like, like this electrician just sitting there on his phone charging the customer. It's just crazy. You know, it's, you always, I always wonder like, okay, how many jobs is AI going to take away? But I'm like... I think right now we should look at it and say, you know what, how many jobs can we get rid of because of YouTube? You know what I mean? Say, hey, listen, if, if you're if you're charging, if you have to have a licensed journeyman electrician, and if he has to look, if that isn't head knowledge available to him, like right now, he's gone. I don't know. Like like most homeowners, if they just tried stuff, like like learn a couple of basics. Man, you really don't need to hire these guys to, to do a lot of work. Now, if they've got a fixed black pipe or their threading pipe, yes, they're specialty tools that are quite expensive to purchase and whatever, get them to do it. But for so many things, like even like PEX pipe, you can buy PEX. I remember when PEX crimpers used to be super expensive and they were kind of like, you know, a plumbing company would have two of them. And it's like, okay, where are they? Well, now you can get them for cheap and they work great. Or you use those uh, shark bike. You have your shark bike fittings? Yes. Oh, it's like, dude, what guy can't do any plumbing in his house with a, with a shark bite now? Daps copper pipe, PEX pipe, whatever pipe, you name it. And there's YouTube and you look it up and boom. Like there's, I don't think there's ever a reason to call a plumber unless you're scared of it or something, now, right? I have to disagree because I know people and you look around you at the state of both of our countries and I don't want my neighbor who's <laughs> dumber true. than dirt looking on YouTube trying to fix wiring in his house because he might burn mine down too. That's true. That's true. You know, I mean, there are people that are genuinely um, not cut out to do manual labor. This is true. There are genuine, there are people that are genuinely cut out to do manual labor that aren't necessarily the greatest, I don't know, um, rocket scientists. Yeah, that's true. But I get what you're saying. There are, um, Very simple household, you know, owning a home kind of jobs that every man should be able to do. And, but the the reality of it is, in today's world, there are men out there that can't. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, it makes me cringe when I think about it. But, and I'm not talking like the old, the infirmed anything like that. It's just a normal 28-year-old American male should be able to do certain things. Here's one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Install 
or okay, you buy a house. Two years later, your garbage disposal goes out under the sink. You should be able to change one. Mm-hmm. But change. sadly, yeah, I had my a, a neighbor, and I don't know what they were putting down their garbage disposal, but a neighbor in Maryland, I had to do two for him. Hmm. Two. Yeah. In like five years, I'm like, okay. That's crazy. I mean, he came over. I know. What was I doing? Oh, I went out and checked the mail. And I was bringing the garbage can back up to the house. He's like, hey, how you doing? And first time he's ever spoke to me. Every other time, <laughs> you try to wave and speak, and they run into the house. That's funny. And if you knew my cul-de-sac in Maryland, you'd understand. I won't get into it here. Um, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know. What do you need? And he's like, comes over and like, like it's secret code whispering to me. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. Let me grab my tools. And uh, I grab uh, my little multi screwdriver, you know, a couple other little things, pipe wrench, and a flashlight. And I go over there. And on the kitchen floor in front of the cabinet, he must have. A thousand dollars worth of tools. Oh well. I'm like, holy crap! And you know, he's got a brand new, top of the line, more than he needs, uh, garbage disposal. And I'm like, you have a problem already. What? That ain't gonna fit. Why? Well, for one thing, the diameter is too big because it will run into the plumbing. This isn't a residential unit. This goes under a, uh, a professional dishwasher at like a food kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah. And this thing was about the size of a pony keg. I'm like, yeah, huh. it doesn't belong in your house. <laughs> and uh, so go run to Lowe's with him, get one he needs, put it in, you know, bada bing, bada boom. You're good to go. I don't know. Three or four years later, he's like, hey, can you do that thing again? Yeah, sure. Hmm. That's crazy. And then when we put up the for sale sign, had one of the other neighbors that came over just out of the blue and was like, oh, y'all are leaving? Yeah, what was your first clue? The for sale sign? <laughs> and uh, oh, you don't have to be like that about it. Yes, I do. Because now I'm leaving. I can tell <laughs> all of you about how rude you've been to me the whole time I've lived here. I've tried to get to know each and every one of you, and you've refused simply because I'm the white guy. Hmm. And I know that because I've heard you talking about the white guy. Hmm. And a black neighborhood you're in? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, I don't mind that at all. I, you know, I don't care. Um, But they sure did, and it... It really shocked me because coming from the military, yeah, are there racists in there? Yes. But they're rare. They're easy to spot, and they're ostracized mm-hmm. or gotten rid of somehow. Anyway, or they hide it really, really well. Uh, but I think the military is one of the most um, desegregated getting along kind of communities, right? Mm-hmm. And and for the reasons I believe that it's so easy to get along with everybody and you don't have the racial tensions are the same reasons the prisons are racist and there's so much racial tension. It's weird. Mm. But anyway... I don't know how the military is the military and the prison's prison. Oh, that's right. Criminals. But uh yeah, anyway, so we were moving, guy comes over, and he was a retired Navy, still worked for the Navy, uh, as a civilian. And I'm like, I don't know what y'all's problem has been. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. He's like, Oh yeah, we know. What's the problem? And what it basically comes down to is they had never you know, he said all but one neighbor never had a problem 
with me at all. They just can't be seen by the rest of the union hmm. talking to Whitey. Hmm. I'm like, really? And y'all talk bad about us. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it was sad. And the only people that were not like that were directly across the street from us. And that guy was a uh, U.S. Marshal on the Fugitive Task Force. His wife was a school teacher and going back to school for some additional degree. And sweet as can be, he was really nice. Unless he didn't, you know, unless his job required him not to be a nice guy. Mm -hmm. You could tell when he was getting dressed because he would get his um, kit on in the garage. He wouldn't, Mm -hmm. he never carried that stuff in the house because he had little kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he opened the garage door and he's kitting up in the morning, you can tell he's putting on his attitude, too, his work yeah, attitude. That's cool. And I and I was watching him do it one day, and I just started laughing. He's like, hey, I don't need that from you. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to work here. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. Uh, go kick somebody when they're down. <laughs> but uh, he was telling me a story about one. Um, and this guy was... It, you know, they were in Baltimore, in one of the worst neighbors in, in Baltimore, serving a warrant on one guy and then arresting a fugitive, another fugitive that were in supposedly in the same apartment, right? And he said, and they were, and the, they both, you know, once we came through the door, they're like, ah, and they, all, you know, they hit the ground and uh, went in without you know, any kind of physical altercation. He said, but this dude would not shut up. It's all we could do, nothing to kick him in the teeth. Hmm. You know, some of the stuff he was saying. Oh, wow. And uh, he said, he finally looked at me and he's like, man, how can you do this to a brother? You ain't no brother of mine. Yeah, yeah. He said, it's so crazy how these criminals think you're their brothers. Yeah, yeah. Just because you got the same color skin. Yeah. Like, Y'all are crazy. I and then think- he told me kind of... The, where he grew up, and I don't want to say, but um, once he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get why you're this way now, why you're, you know, mostly colorblind, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've had two friends that were from that exact same area and in that exact same city, in fact, and they were the same way, you mm-hmm. know, Almost 100% colorblind, but 100% um, able to spot BS. <laughs> yeah. And, I find you Baltimore know. was, I found there's a lot of racism there. Like, the uh, towards me, like, like I'd go to a McDonald's, and especially in the airport, I don't know why. Because, you know, we're working there crazy hours, so I'd, I'd go order, and if it was a black, there's this one black girl that was at the till. And she wouldn't look at me. I, I walked up. The person in front was done. I walked up and her eyes literally went to the roof and she just stood there. And I was like, excuse me. And she goes, what? And I said, can I order? Go ahead. And literally wouldn't look at me. Not one time. I put the money down. It was cash. She took it. Just dropped the change and then turned around and started getting it ready. I'm like, wow, what, what a terrible day she's having. And there's an older black lady behind me and she went in next and she goes, Oh, how are you doing? What can I get for you? And I was like, wow, unreal. Just because I'm a white dude, you somehow feel. And, and the thing is, I, that's not how they all were, but you know, you come here like where we live here, there, there's not a lot of racism at all. Right? Like, you know, I look at our church and we have a very mixed congregation and I love it. Like, it is so great. Like, we have friends that are from Nigeria, from all over the place. We get together, we have dinners with them and stuff. And it's like, honestly, like, like lately, I'd probably say in the last six months to a year of my life, I've got so many more friends. And it's like, I don't even think we see each other as different in any way. I mean, yes, they're black and I'm white, but man, we sure get along. You know what I mean? And... It's just, it's just crazy. But then you go to certain parts of the world, like and down South, like working in Alabama, Dothan, Alabama, man, they, there was some thick racism there, like real thick, like probably shouldn't even get into it on the podcast here, but 
Baltimore, I found, I found Baltimore to be one place in the States where I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this is not a, <laughs> people are still holding grudges. That's what I found. But. And Baltimore is a little different. It's kind of like Boston yeah, in that little... regard when it comes to race, because you have, you know, um, blacks, you have whites, then you have Italians, and then you have, you know, Irish in the white, and then just they, none of them like each other, and mm. it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, Hated Baltimore every time I went there. And then the gun store I used in Baltimore was right across the street from the police headquarters. Worst mm-hmm. part of town. Uh, one of the worst parts of town. And it's crazy. Hmm. Good old Baltimore. Yeah, we had a rough go there, too. Those were like we... spent a lot of time in Alabama, too. But in, in and around Montgomery, Alabama... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people in Dothan, Alabama, but haven't actually been there to the best of my knowledge. Been to Birmingham, been to a couple of other small, small towns, but mm-hmm. Montgomery is horrible. Is it horrible? Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how um, you know, like within a country and even within a state, how you know, like okay, y'all are Americans, right? But man, there's a complete different parts. You can be like, okay. And you you know that by spending time there. It's like when I'm going to be in this state, the people are going to be a little bit more like this. And if you're going to head over to this part, well, they're a little bit more like this. And it's all based on stereotypes and everybody thinks that's wrong. But I mean, that there's nothing wrong with stereotyping. I mean, they're, they're accurate. They're not falsehood, right? Um, not to say that's all they are, but it's just interesting, like so many different cultures within the United States of America and even within Canada. Now I haven't traveled much in Canada. I haven't, I, I mean, I live here, but it's not like I'll go to a different location and get like spend time there. I, I am way more familiar. Uh, apart from where I grow up, I know way more about the U S than Canada. You know what I mean? I've spent like I don't know, two years in Burbank. So I, I kind of know Southern California, Los Angeles area. You basically live there for two years. Denver, Colorado, I've spent about five months there, right? And and all these different places, Baltimore is there for four months. So you got, not that I'm like a resident, but you, you, if you're somewhere for four months, you get to know it a bit. You listen to the radio, you kind of see, okay, this is this, and you, you're working with locals, you're talking with locals. I, so often they'd be like, hey, why don't you come over for a barbecue? I'm like, sure. And so it's like, you get a feel for the different areas. And man, it is crazy how how as one country... It's just different people, man. It's it, it can all you almost almost get culture shock if you went from one extreme to the other, you know. But it's interesting. Um, we were over for dinners with uh, our pastor, and he's from one of the pastors at the church. Uh, two three weeks ago, they had us over to their house, and um, him and his wife are both from India, um, and he grew up. I forget the city. A big city, maybe Delhi. I don't, I don't know, but um, anyways, he because you know how they have the caste system in India. Yes. So he's on the highest. His family is the highest caste that you can be born into. Um, and and so, anyways, he grew up, you know, quite in in the nice city, in the nice, you know, he had a good education. He grew up well to do compared to India, and his wife is from. I don't know, some northern India, way out there. And he said that when he, they were like, he was doing a missions trip within India, and she was as well. And he said that, like, they don't speak each other's language. The only common language they have with each other is English. But um, he said the difference between where I grew up and where she grew up is way more culture shock than where I grew up in Calgary. He said when we moved to Cal- he moved right from India to Calgary uh, to get like right now he's actually doing there's a do you that do you hear about the big revival they had in Kentucky recently? No. It was a big like 3 week long revival and Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So he's actually doing Ashwin our, our pastor he's actually doing his doctor he he's finished it now. 
um, at that school and is a doctorate in uh, revival. I, I think it's, I don't know, he's, he's an incredibly smart kid. And I say kid because he's like a year or two younger than I am. But um, oh, it was so cool hearing about, you know, like, like how many languages are there in India? Like several hundred of them. But, um, and he said they are considered a, um, a cross-ethnic eth- or, or multi-ethnic marriage. And he's like, even though we're both from India, he said it is like completely, and he says even within there is that different parts don't like different parts. And I know it's just, it's just so fascinating to, to see how the world is different. And then, you know, different cultures, different traditions and stuff. But then it all kind of boils down to, it's like, oh, you know what? I can relate to that. I can, I can see that because we're just people, you know, there's things that are very differently kind of separate us in a certain extent but at the same time it's like no we're all just together we just do things a little different that's all but it's kind of cool you know what i was thinking about my first day my first day working at faa i i heard an argument a very loud animated argument uh between an american uh a higher born indian and a lower born Indian that are both now American citizens or yeah, cause they immigrated here and the higher born they're and they're both engineers. Right. But the one guy had been in the United States longer and it was higher ranking in the FAA and the higher born Indian just started mm-hmm. and he was going to be assigned to this other guy's team. I ain't working for that. Really? <laughs> Oh my God! Hmm. And we couldn't understand, right? Yeah. Some of the words he was throwing at the other guy because it was all in Indian mm-hmm. and his native language, and the other guy was just—he got his eyes just bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, whatever he's saying ain't good. Hmm. Just saying. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. Oh, dear. My phone's ringing. I can call that person back. Um, But, yeah, no. Oh, I should probably get cruising here soon. We got our big old, like I was talking before we hit record. We've got the Strathmore Performing Arts Festival. And so I think from Monday to Saturday... I think we have like 13 things we have to be at or something 13 performances it's a little bit obscene strathmore has a performing arts center huh? festival not a I center i did not know there was that many snowflakes in that area yeah you know it's i'm funny. kidding people i'm kidding you know it's funny they call it a festival and they have these adjudicators and uh so this adjudicator's like uh he's got like doctorate in one of the ones that they have and Avo's playing a concerto so it's like a six minute piece and there's like a backing piano and all this stuff. And uh, it's amazing to hear him describe the, the music. And he makes music, the way he talks about it, you almost understand it in a physical sense. But, um, you know, it's pretty intense. And, you know, one kid plays at a time. They have to introduce the piece. And then they play, they sit down, the adjudicator takes notes. And then there'll be blocks, like maybe three people in a block. And then after a block, he'll come up and give the critiques, you know, okay, this and, and, uh, and so it's kind of, you know, like all the kids are nervous. Um, there, there's people usually like, like an audience of other parents and stuff like that. But I told Steph, I said, why is this called a music festival or a performing arts festival? It should be called a contest. And the thing is, you're not competing for a first, second, or third, right? You're, you can get, there's different levels. And then depending how it goes, you can get a scholarship. And so both Foster and Ava have both gotten scholarships at this one. And then you can go into provincials and stuff. And so it is, there is a competition to it, but it's not like, oh, I came in third. You know, you could, three people could get awarded the exact same mark. And so it's based on your skill. And I'm like, they shouldn't call it a festival. It should be like a meet or a competition because I said, what, when you think of a festival, what do you think of? I think of a good time, you know, there's going to be music, there's going to be food, you know, different acts of entertainment. I said, this is just a contest and an adjudicator. <laughs> it's like, they should not call it a performing arts festival because there's nothing festive about it. But, that's funny. 
But anyways, I should probably get cruising because I could get ready to go and all that fun stuff. Cool. Well, thanks, Todd. Thank that was you. a good podcast. Absolutely. And thanks to our uh, all of our listening audience. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, yeah. all of you. Um, either tell a friend or don't come back. That's right. <laughs> You're not welcome back unless you bring somebody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right on. All right. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.